Hello and welcome to the Life in Journal podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Ian. What I don't know. What, is, what was know. that? What it was? It was me saying my name. And my okay. name is Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck ever? <laughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, you can email any questions or comments. Did to you say what show it was? Huh? Did you say this is life in general? Life I did. In, uh, okay. Did I you guess wanna... you would have said that before we said our name. Yeah. We've right, done we've done this like a hundred over a hundred times, Ian. That's fine. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Ian is apparently still trying to get used to how we record after three years of doing just it. Just get to the just get to the announcements. The announcements? Yes, the announcements like, where you announce where we're at, where they people can find us. Where can people find us, Ian? On the 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 interwebs thingy. <laughs> Question Podbean. No Apple qu- Music. Hold on, I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh. Questions or comments can be oh, sent, yeah, yeah. emailed to, what is it? Life in General Podcast? No, contact at Life in General Podcast. Whatever. Contact what? at Life in General Podcast. We're on Facebook. Where are we at on Twitter? Where can they find um, us on Twitter? At? At Life in General Pod? No, close. At podcast Life in General? At L-I-G Pod. Yes. League Pod. League Pod. League Pod. <laughs> Hey, I'll probably remember it better by saying that for yeah. the record. Yeah. Oh, well, it's Ligpod. Then Ligpod, yeah. I'll, um, I'll probably remember and that. And the show's on where? The show's on Podbean. It's on the. It's on YouTube. Find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Go ahead Spotify. and follow, follow us on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Leave us a five-star review on Six star, on six star, iTunes. six star. You're Satan worshiper. I don't worship Satan because I don't believe in Satan. Um. We're but he did have some pretty good ideas. Yeah, we're on uh, we're on uh, iHeartRadio. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you dumbass. Um, I don't worship Satan. I just like a lot of the music. I like a lot of his music. Speaking of music, yeah, a little, little segue there. That was, that was a really bad segue. It was a hey, it was a, it was a Nick segue. <laughs> were you trying to segue? No, it was accidental. That's oh. why it was a Nick segue. Oh, okay. Oh no, mine mine are just intentionally poor. Oh, wow. I, I find it very. Funny to have really poor segues. Yeah, well. The ones you crash on. Without well, I fucking crashed and burned on that one. <laughs> so. Um, so we were gonna, we, were, we had a music topic. Mm-hmm. But we've put, pushed and that then, back a month. And then, yeah, I, I made the executive decision to pull a fast one on Ian. Yeah. After, by the way, I actually was doing research for this one. But he wasn't doing notes. No. Well, I was at work and I was researching articles. At work? How yeah, you were you? sitting there watching me. How dare you? Well, hey, hey, hey. You're the one who should be uh, uh, in a uh, position uh, of authority. Uh, 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 but I'm not. Way. But you're not. <laughs> Asshole. Um, so what kind of got me thinking was the Grammys are coming up. When, when, do you know exactly when that is? Uh, it's usually, I think, was it the first or second weekend of uh, February? Is or that the last weekend of February? Or is it in March? I don't think it's in March. But I don't know. I really don't this time. They are. Oh. January 26th. Wow. So they're not in February or March. So we were both fucking wrong. We were both fucking Why wrong. are you listening to us? We don't, sh- we don't oh know shit. God. So anyway, the Grammys are coming up. So I kind of was going over the list of nominations. And mm-hmm. I. And every year there's like artists that get snubbed. Oh, yeah. 
But it oh. kind of it, it seems every year it seems like more and more like big names, established artists seem to be getting pushed further and further outside of the mainstream. So I I was thinking, is this or how much is it a concerted effort by the music industry to, I don't want to retard what people listen to because I hate that fucking word, but. Uh, Well, using it in that way isn't the same as using it the way that you don't like it. How much is it to, in what way are they trying to manipulate the industry? Well, if you would have asked me this question, well, when you did, when you brought this topic up, I said, well, of course they are. They always have. But I don't, it's just, I guess it's to the, the question is to what extent. Yeah. But they always have because what, I don't know if you knew this, but, and, and it's not as big of an issue now, but um, analog radio, like over the air radio, I forgot what they call that. But, yeah. Um, your traditional radio stations have a set amount of songs that they are allowed to to license and have in rotation at any given time. Um, if you're a stu- if you're a station that plays top forties, which means you're playing, uh, you know, over say a forty year period of music, you still have a set amount of songs you can have in your in your general rotation. Mm-hmm. And this was information I got from a former DJ that I knew. Um, he, their studio, their, their station was, it was one, it was connected, it was affiliated with one of the big ones, Clear Channel or whatever. Okay. Um, but Clear Channel and all those different um, main conglomerates have to adhere to these rules. If you're a station that plays new hits, that doesn't change. So you're still only set so many, so many uh, songs in your rotation okay. for say a month or a six month period. If you're a new radio, if you're playing new music, it's only going to be a month period generally, which is why a song will be a hit for a while. And then it just disappears. You never hear it again. And there's some, ca- some cases where some songs will stay in the rotation for six months, seven months, but it's always the same artists. There's 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 a rotation of songs, but not a big rotation on the on the artists in well, those, unless there's a song, and it's a a lot of it. From what he was saying, was starting to become dictated by, like iTunes sales and stuff like that. Well, the other thing is, even if a song is poor quality, not and I won't say poor quality like musically, but if a not really great song, right? Like some kind of like generic crappy pop song right basically everything that's gone last if they keep playing the same song over and over again eventually people are going to like it right i mean it's just well but see they also it's this is where the manipulation part comes in though when you're dealing with those stations that are dealing with new music how many times a song is played in the rotation dictates its like value yeah so if it's played Twice an hour, which some songs do get that kind I've, of. A, yeah, I've heard it. They, they they get those. That song is going to have a higher Billboard rating, or a rating in those charts and in, yeah. in the charts, whether or not it's accurate to the to the quality of the music or the song, or anything else. If it's, you know, wherever it's at in the rotation and how many times it's played in the rotation is what's going to dictate how it charts. And then you get oh, number one single. 
Well, of course it's the number one single. Because you're playing Because Clear Channel, which owns radio stations across the, the country, are, hyping are, are the playing it twice an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I guess I look at it this way. So you, you get 90% of what Americans read, watch, and listen to is controlled by six media companies. Uh-huh. Six companies. You got about 230, 240 media executives responsible for the intake of 227 million Americans. Mm-hmm. Less than 250 people are determining what we want and what is popular. Well, at least what's available to consume, whether or not people like it or not. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That's it. Does that doesn't surprise me? It's it's the same for almost everything. But not only do these people decide what music is popular, but in the way that it's promoted, but they also own the magazines and websites. So they're able to either make or break a career, right? Within their own company, well, of course. And, and you know, for years, the music industry has has watered down all of its stuff. Yeah, of it. yeah, and, and and kind of molded what's popular to make music more palatable, I guess, if you want to say, to the masses. Right. But see, they always have. They've done it with. I mean, now it's just watering Have it they down. Always? Yes. Think about this. I wouldn't this. say always. No. T- take this, for example. In the 1950s, what was rock and roll? It was watered down blues. It was white people version. It was a white, watered down white person version of the blues, of black music, of okay. black American music. But there was quality there, though. Well, of course. there were. Yeah, of course. But that's what I'm saying. Though, it's, but that's mu- what it mu- was. Music has lost quality. Well, yeah, I think that has at least, at least what what popular music is has lost quality. True, because like, and I've I've pointed this out to other people. If you think about this, I think I even told this said this to your wife, maybe even on the show, uh, at one point. If you look at pop music, say up until around the late nineties, eh, squeezing into the early two thousands, even if it was pop and just kind of generic pop, it was good. At least for the most part, it would have a nice hook to it. There was some quality to there it. There was something to 80s, it. In the 80s, I think, was the best era for like acceptable, tolerable, good pop music. Where, yeah. you know, and there was kind of some, even some crossover mm-hmm. where some bands who wouldn't necessarily be considered pop had pop hits. Yeah. And, so, and artists who were nothing but pop could have like the, the occasional experimental album. So there was, it was, it was good. There was, the actual artists were writing their own music then still. That's definitely changed. That's definitely changed. But now pop is so, it's so utterly disposable. That And the other thing that, that pop music is doing, and it has done, it's largely been cannibalizing other genres of music. Well, I mean, that that's always been the case, again. Cannibalizing blues, jazz. But what I'm saying though is it's cannibalized. It's can- rock. cannibalizing, right? It's cannibalizing rap music. It's cannibalizing everything else, and kind of just. I, I guess look no further than what were the big music co- collaborations last year. I don't. You're asking the wrong person. Well, we were just talking about one of them before we start recording. Ozzy and Post Malone. Ozzy, okay. Ozzy Post Malone, Lil Nas X, and Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. You know. uh there, there's just a number of them of these, but see that I mean you go back to like '85 with "Walk This Way," Run DMC and Aerosmith. Yeah, but there was still a discernible 
genre of music there. Right. Well, where would that fall? Where that the Run DMC version of Walk This Way, is that going to fall into rap or is that going to fall into rock? I mean, it depends on which side of the aisle you're on. Right. You can It can be both, but it, it seems like pop music is taking the rock elements and rap elements and, and elements of country with, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Kane Brown, who's a country artist, and uh, there's another pop artist they had a big hit last year also and it's just kind of taking all these different genres and kind of blending them into pop music and i feel like it's you're seeing pop and i guess pop music has always kind of been a big genre right but i think you're seeing it really kind to kind of kill rap rock if you look at the if you look at all the big awards in the grammys this year right it's the first time that I can think of where there isn't really any rap or rock artists in that in the in the big categories. It's all pop music. Look at it this way, because I and I, it's not I, good I, pop music. No, either. it's not. But look at it this way. Say, look, go back, because the beginning of pop music, really, that at least to the extent that we're talking about, goes back to say the mid fifties, right? Mid to late fifties, the Elvis, Buddy Holly. Uh-huh. Richie Valens, that kind of stuff. The big bopper. Um, go back to that time and rock music, which is what it was, even though it was pop, it was still rock, <clears throat> was considered, I mean, devil music. It was like the end of Western civilization as yes. far as the mainstream goes. Especially when it came to Elvis. Right. Um, so take that into account and... Then look, say, 30 years later, at a time in the 50s where it was, it was underground or it was, it, was, it was unacceptable to a degree. It was, it was accessible and, and there, and the kids loved it, but the parents didn't. You, you wouldn't be mainstream. Jump ahead to the 80s or 90s, and you've got heavy metal rock tunes in fucking kids' commercials. Yeah. You know? It's... It, it, which I guess is a natural progression, yeah, but the problem the is, I see it. but that's kind of, that was kind of like the beginning. Now you can have an artist who like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, an, of a good example from the eighties. Well, like take Wham, for example. Okay. Pre George. I don't want, I don't want to take Wham, but okay. <laughs> They have two good songs. They do. I like two of their songs. I I think the David Spade version of one of their songs is yeah. a, lot, a lot funnier. <laughs> that's the, and it's funny because that's one of the songs I actually like of theirs. Um, <laughs> I can't hear it. Without, without thinking. Yeah. I know. I have a hard time too, but I still like the song. Um, but take Wham. Their music is very pop. And this, I mean, this is even, George Michael was even different than the yeah. initial Wham. Kind of pop, generic. Very synthesized. Not a lot of instrumentation going on there. It would be like them having songs with a heavy metal guitar riff in it. But not their whole album, just a song. It'd be like Wham! featuring Metallica. It wouldn't have happened back then. But now it's happening now because it's all all so homogenized that it doesn't matter. Because it's all just going to sell, kinda, and that's kind of what I'm getting to is right. is you know, is 
how long has this been? I mean, not, I guess not really how long because it's been going on for a while. But what what's to really be done about the way that music is watered down mm-hmm. and genres are kind of killed at the altar of money? Well, I guess you have to look at it from two different perspectives. One is yes, it's it's just money, 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 and it's all about. Who can we sell? Who can we put out there? Who? What song can we get in the rotation two times an hour so that we sell, you know, X amount of million copies of this, either track on iTunes or, you know, possibly vinyl records. Who's to say? I don't think pop music is really uh, a strong mainstay in vinyl yet. Yeah. But I mean, it's starting to be. I mean, Taylor Swift's album, and she might be the exception. To but the what funny we're thing is, about. Taylor Swift, she didn't get nominated for anything for the Grammys, but this year, this year, this year. So beyond that, but her album was released before the cutoff, so it's not it's not even eligible for next year. Okay, well, here's the thing: she's she's had her day in the sun. She was called, she was named the the but biggest the biggest artist of the te- of the of the teens. That she, Taylor Swift was named the biggest okay. artist of the team. She's had her day in the sun, and but, now she wants to focus on acting. But that excuses her not no. getting nominated for anything? No, it, it doesn't excuse anything, Nick. It just says the record label, the, the, the executives, the people who you said but that's potentially what, but that's are what I'm saying. That's the problem, though. That's, I, that's yeah, I'm not saying this reward, is a good thing. Reward. But she's moving forward. It's kind of like the Will Smith thing. He's doing his acting thing. We don't need to focus on him. Let's 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 get this other artist that we can milk. We can give them a, a record deal, give them a million dollars, and we'll make ten million dollars yeah. on their fucking music. You got and guy, we'll own it forever. You got a guy. In the, here, but here's the other thing: is there ageism? Is that kind of go into it also? Because you look at you look at artists like Bruce Springsteen, which granted I haven't listened to the album, right? But from all the reviews and everything I've I've read about it, it's a fantastic one of the top albums of 2019. Zero nominations for the Grammys. Right. Well, and I guess that depends because I mean we are looking at now twenty twenty. Um, Black Sabbath won the Grammy in two thousand thirteen. You know, and those were sixty some year old guys at the time. That was a long time ago. Two thousand thirteen was seven years ago. Yeah, I know. In the world that's, of music, that's, that's a long time. It's not really a long. That's time. a generation ago in in the music industry. Eh, well, fair enough. I don't know. It just feel, it feels like everything again, kind of going to what you're saying. Everything's so just ugh, thrown together. It's hard to even distinguish. You can listen to a song from the '80s and go, "That's from the '80s." You can listen to a song from the '70s and go, "That's from the '70s." Even if it's a timeless song that, that kind of transcends where it was made, you can still tell when it was made. I guess even you, the I, '90s. I guess you can with this music too, because it's garbage. Because it's, it's <laughs> shit. So yeah, you can say, "Well, that sounds like shit." So it's probably it was the, probably from the 2010s. 20, 20 teens, yeah, or teens. I say teens, it's whatever. Teens, yeah. I guess it's the same fucking. Thing. Um. Yeah. Either way. Uh. I, I don't know, but I mean, to be fair, I mean, Sabbath did win. Ageism has always been an issue too, because if you look at the Grammys and stuff from the late '90s, mid to late '90s. If there was an older artist on there, it was they were usually just doing a comeback performance. Yeah, that's true. Or getting a lifetime achievement award, yeah. you know, or type um, some type, some type type of thing like that. Here, let's play a little game, Ian. Oh yeah, I like games. Can you name any of the top three 
people with the most nominations for the Grammys this year? Um, well, I, I, to be fair, I think I saw a couple names. Oh, did you? When I, right before I closed my phone, um, Izzo. Lizzo. Lizzo. Okay. Yeah. She got eight. Billie Eilish. Which that's, look. I th- I'm not digging her no, shit at all. I th- I was so- I was open minded to it because I was thinking, okay, fresh young mind, you know, kind of a new, different thing going on there. She's been dubbed what? What I say, whisper rock, whisper rock, and <laughs> I've heard several songs on that so suits the what she is, and I don't get it. I'm yeah. not getting it, and I don't think it's an age thing because I wasn't. I was very open minded to her. But I'm re- I'm just really not I'm not getting it. Yeah, because I'm I'm the kind of person that I I try to find newer stuff. I try to right. find different things. I like, and I'm even open to pop. If if you can come up with a pop artist that you know, they're not going to be my favorite. There's there's a there's a handful of really good Madonna songs I like. Yeah, not my genre, but in the '80s she had some good songs. Cyndi Lauper, same thing. I've uh. I have both of Billy Billy Eilish's albums because my daughter bought them. But, right, and it just—I mean, I've tried. Yeah, it just, it's I, not, I tried to give her a chance. It just isn't good. No, I mean, and I feel bad for the generation that the has generation that's, that's being told yeah. that it is good. Yes, exactly. You know the standards. Um, Lil Nas X was the other one. It was the other okay? I was actually going to say Post Malone, but because I know his album did quite well, it did. Um, but he's up for album of the year, I think. Okay. Record of the year. Record of the year. Fair enough. Along with Bon Iver. I wish I've never listened to Bon Iver. Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, her, whatever the fuck her is, uh, Lizzo, Lil Nas X, and is yeah, it? See, and I don't, I, I've not heard any of their music other than Billie Eilish. Um. Post Malone's nominated for Sunflower, which is at least a good song, I guess. I haven't, I haven't listened to it. I that that was the song that was on the um, Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, yeah, I haven't track. listened to it. And I, I, I still haven't listened to the song that he did with Ozzy yet, <coughs> which I heard was a, was pretty good, too. No, that is a good song. Is it? Um, um, I, I want to see the performance, because I guess they did a live performance at one of the award shows or something. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, um, Maybe it just... I don't know, maybe it's just, because I don't want to harp on the Grammys too much, because I understand that, we've talked about it before, that uh, the awards, they, they've all, kind of lost their relevance yeah, probably a long have. time ago. And I think the uh, the Grammys probably were the first ones to truly start losing their, their relevance. But unfortunately, I think it's, and we, we had a whole episode about how, talking about whether rock and roll was dead. Right. And I don't, rock and roll isn't dead. But because of the because of the music industry, it's getting harder and harder to find it. Right. Well, and, and that's what I was gonna say because you, it's there. I mean, even even some of the bigger name, like online um, magazines. I don't know who owns them. <laughs> I just know that they're bigger ones, like Loudwire, yeah, and Classic Rock, which actually is a publication. Still does like. Interviews with older bands, bands yeah. that are that they're legitimate. You know, they're not this new thing. They're, they're not. They're, they're interviewing Ian Anderson for fuck's sake. They're, they're not on. They're, Alice they're not on the cover. Some of these artists are. Well, are they? Well, not like well the classic rock, obviously. Well, um, that but, obviously would be, but um, 
No, but they're but they're getting um they're popping up in headlines on Google yeah. searches and stuff like that through their websites, you know. An interview with Alex Cooper, which and he's probably a bad example because he's kind of transcended some of that. But, you know, interviews with fucking I don't think you can really look at some of those classic rock artists like you do artists today though. Because no, it's a very different world. I, I look at it this way. If you if a band like what are you opening up there, Ian? Your, your cough drop? Yeah, cough drop. Great. I mean, we're gonna have to listen to that for the next like. Did you hear thirty-five minutes? A little bit. Ah, uh, well, there you go. Oh, you'll hear it a little bit. Um, but I anyway, I won't make it too loud. There, you take a band like Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. They would never succeed today. No, God, no. Well, first of all, Dark Side of the Moon was their eighth album. Is any record company going to give you eight albums to reach? No, and it's funny because that. Uh, we're we're gonna be doing a Pink Floyd episode. That was actually gonna be today, but we moved it up a month, back, or back a month, or back a month. Yes, yeah. um, and as part of my research, I watched a documentary about that. And even going eight albums back in the seventies was a little unheard of. Well, see, it wasn't really eight albums though, because or whatever the albums were, it was it, the, dark, the stretch of albums. Dark Side, dark Side was their eighth album, but you figure most bands wouldn't have made it to Dark Side. They would have been cut like. You know, two or three albums before. That. I don't know because at, at least, but not, they would be given more of a chance. Not back then because Piper the gets done did pretty pretty well. It's still from what that that documentary said, it was very underground. I watched the documentary and the some of the one that you're talking about, the one yes, I saw? the one, the one you watched. Okay. And first off, some of the stuff, at least from the way I understand it, they got wrong. Okay. But is is I mean, if Piper charted. Pretty decently, especially the the two um, the two singles that were released before the album came out. Right, one of them right. wasn't even on the UK version. Right, Al, it was C- Alan something. C- C- Alan Play wasn't even on the UK. You, if you wanted to hear that, it was on the US version, not the mm. UK version. Mm. Um, but and then Saucer did okay. Saucer full of secrets, and then they kind of fell off. Right. And Adam Hart Mother kind of well because Amagama and more were they are what they are, but whatever. And then. Adam Hart Mother was, they kind of started coming back a little more popular. Metal was a really popular album. Right. Obscured by Clouds, and they were all released within a, a, a year, sometimes right. eight months from each other. Right. Well, a lot of music was released a lot that fast back then. Uh, you get two albums in a year from some artists yes. because of that. But Obscured by Clouds was a soundtrack, and then you had Dark Side of the Moon. Mm. But today, even if you had a relatively somewhat successful debut album, like the Piper of the Gates of Dawn, you you wouldn't get that far. You might you, they might have got to Amagama, they might have got right. to Adam Hart Mother. They would have lost their contract after that. Well, in, even if say that, I mean, obviously Dark Side is a is a a lofty example because very few artists are going to hit Dark Side of the Moon. Well, yeah, level. but say pop, I would say. Relatively, no one will ever reach that right. Level again. But say because albums aren't really sold like that. But anymore. say they have a huge hit, big hit, maybe even a Grammy winner. Um, and this is this is this has been true, I think, even going back to say the late nineties. But they have this, you know, a band comes out in a big hit, huge debut album, win album of the year or new artist of the year, whatever. And then their next album, you get you hear about it. It's like, oh wow, they're coming out with a new album. Then you never hear about them again. Yeah, but they're still putting music out. 
but they just don't hear about it. Yeah, because the 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 next album wasn't popular enough. It's for and they the, never will be for the record company to put money behind them. Right. I couldn't tell you how many times there's been. Look, MXPX released an album in 2003, I think it was. Before I think it was before and everything after. I think is what it was mm. called. Something along those lines. One of their best albums. It's a fantastic album. Mm. It was released by a, a by a major label. Uh, the major label was going through rough times at, at that point. Didn't put any money behind the album, so it didn't get promoted. Right. I don't even think they toured for the album, and they ended up losing their contract after that. Right. Which was really unfortunate because that was a really good, probably their best album. Yeah. Yeah, and let's face it, rock music specifically. Pacifically? I said it right. <laughs> I know just, you did. I'm just fucking with you. Uh is not is not a bankable music genre anymore. I think it could be. Oh, I, I agree. I totally agree. Greta Van Fleet proved that. Yeah. But how many how how, how much yeah. how many more albums before they're in that just they're they're doing their thing and no one really knows about it like, except for the fans. Well, because it's been over it's been what it's been a 14 year fourteen or fifteen months since their last album came out. Which was technically their first album. Technically, their yeah. first full length album. But they were writing see, they were kind of an anomaly too. They were writing success on singles. On on EPs. It was a double E P but Right. But they were running on they were running on their success was running on EPs. Yeah. That hasn't happened in decades. No. Like that. I think Greta Van Fleet's kind of a like I said, they were an anomaly. Yeah. So And we'll see but we'll see what their next I album don't think like. they're gonna they're that anomalous activity is gonna per, is gonna continue. I really don't. I probably not. It will for us because we like them. We yeah. like their music. We're going to buy their music, and I think they're a band I wouldn't mind seeing live at least once. Yeah, um, I definitely. Will. I, I want to see them when they go on tour. So but. we'll be familiar with what's going on. We'll know what's going on with them. There but won't be that big hit that they their were. next album will will be successful at least in terms of getting a radio play and and. and but what will they do after that? After that, yeah. I can't see them going much further. And yeah. and. Let's face it; that's the fate of any popular band, and it's unfortunate because. But it, it's. I think it happens a lot sooner now. Yeah, you know. I guess you know. And the other thing is, a lot of a lot of artists aren't making albums anymore. Well, yeah, it's a lot. Easier. I think some are going back to that, but you're right. Yeah, they're, it's they're, a lot easier just to crank out a couple of songs over a five or you know five day week right. week and a half period. Well, and even older artists were with some of their back catalog. Uh, when Thick as a Brick was released in 72, it's one song, but it's on two sides of a record. Yeah. When it was released on CD, they kept the two-side thing. So we had side technically Thick as a Brick side one, so yeah. Thick as a Brick side two. When they re-released it for the 40th anniversary, they released it's it all in, tracks. in tracks for the iTunes listener. Yeah. And it was, and it was broken in a way where you could, if you only like part of the album, you can buy those tracks. That was done intentionally because which is a fucking stupid. I agree, way to do it. but it's done that way because that's how consumers consume music now, or at least were in 2012. Yeah. It may not be done that way as it came out because now because they but, were they were afraid that no one is going to buy a track for 4.99. Right, even if it's two tracks. Well, no, because an album is normally ten bucks right. on iTunes, so it's 4.99 for right. side A and side B. Right. They can break it up and sell it differently. Right. Plus, when it, you know, if you're getting X amount of fractions of a penny per play, 
Why would you want two plays when listening to the same amount of music you can get ten plays? Right. Fair enough. You know? But that's but that's what my point is, is that's that's where the industry's gone. And it's not you can't blame the artist. You can't arguably even blame the record labels companies. I think you can blame the record companies. Well you can blame the record companies on for in the sense that um they've kind of moved the industry in that direction. They've they've moved Cons- the the way music is consumed in that direction, they created the the record industry created the Napster problem of the early of the mid, yes. late nineties. They created their own problem. Mm-hmm. They made their shit too goddamn expensive, and they, and they made it in a, in a way where there was albums coming out because they were everything was still doing by albums, but it would have one good song on it, yeah. and it's being played on the radio. Everyone wants it, but they don't want to buy a fucking album to get it. Nope. You know, you go back to the 70s and 80s, sure, there was albums that had one or two hits on it, but generally speaking, the better stuff was the stuff you didn't hear yeah. on the radio. Oh, yeah. So you buy an album for Stairway to Heaven, and you get When the Levee Breaks. Yes, you exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Which, I, was, which I just listened to that a couple days ago. But. So, yeah, but I mean, that's that's why, you know, you buy Paranoid, yeah, you, you're buying it for War Child, or, or War Child, War Pigs. <laughs> Or Iron Man or Paranoid, but you're getting Electric Funeral. Which is another fantastic Fantastics, song. exactly. So that wasn't the case. You were, you you bought an album for like one song, and you listen to the other songs, you're like, this fucking thing's but fucking you know, crap. I, I think another problem is, though, the, the way or the lack of payment by record companies to artists force them to be on the road for way too long. Yeah. And they're, in, they're so they're not in the studio, you know. Like like we were just talking earlier, you know, Pink Floyd. A lot of those artists in the in the late sixties through the early to mid seventies, an album every year. Yeah, but they were they were and still touring ten months out of the year too. Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of artists, all of them, tall to I don't know about Pink Floyd because they were they didn't tour like they were kind of oh a, yeah they did did they tour a lot yeah um didn't seem like that they they but anyway tall was on the road at least ten months out of the year. And they had an album out every year, but yeah. they recorded on the road. But Alice you know, Cooper be, recorded be, on the road. Be, Black Sabbath recorded it on the but road. But is there a difference between touring in the seventies to touring today? Um, is, no, because there... a lot of times they would do two shows a night back then. A lot of those artists would do two shows a night, and they were doing five at least five shows a week. But are, but yeah, so they're doing five shows a week. Are the artists nowadays doing? No, that's six, the thing. Six or seven? No, they're doing less. Because it seems like they're doing like a show every fucking night. Well, it depends on the artist and what they're selling, what what kind of venues they're selling too. Yeah, you know, if if you Adele, because even even doing even if you're doing shows five days a week, that's still not leaving a lot of time to write music. No, it's not. But you know, the the thing but is, but back then they would write it in the hotel room. But here's yeah, <laughs> see, know? that's what I was gonna get to was when when Pink Floyd started writing Dark Side of the Moon. The album's original title, it was Eclipse, was the original right. premise of it. Mm-hmm. They were actually writing that, and during the the tour that followed Metal, right? They were actually playing those songs, working, dur- working dur- the songs out on stage. During yeah. yeah, during concerts, yeah, they're actually playing those pieces that would eventually become Dark Side of the Moon, right? Which, by the way, was on Billboard's top fifty for last year, so it's still fucking charting, right? You know. Oh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, Fifty years right. later, <laughs> artists today they'll do. They're probably like I was starting to say. It depends on the venue. 
um, Adele or even Post Malone, for example, might do three shows a week, maybe four. Whereas an artist like, I don't know, like Greta Van Fleet, they might have to do five shows a week to get the same volume of money because that's where they're getting their money. Yeah. But it was the same back in the day. It's just that they got a bigger percentage of the record money too. So it, they were getting they were getting it, some money from their record sales. You don't get shit from. They it get now. nothing from it now, pretty much. Like you said, pennies on the dollar. It's it's fractions of fractions pennies. of pennies on the dollar. And actually, but, the fractions of a penny is what goes to the record company. So you're getting even less, less than that. that, right? So, but back then they would get a little cut of the album, you know, and then they would make their money on the road. But the but they were contractually obligated to go on the road to promote the album. Yeah. So it was kind of a it was it was a double thing. It was a double. They were promoting the records. Yeah, they were they're making money on both sides. On both sides. Where now you're not. Right. You're making your money touring. You're not. That's be, all they're being made. in the studio is doing nothing but costing you money nowadays. Right. Unless you build your own studio. And even then, studios. if you're in the studio, you're not on the road. Yeah. You know. So, but again, a lot of these artists. I don't. I still don't understand. You see. You see their 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 touring schedule, and it's. Even artists who at one point were more prolific with their with their output, yeah. And you see, they're 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 touring for six months out of the year, and they still only put out an album every three four years. It doesn't make any damn sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, how are you staying relevant? How is why does it take that long to write an album? It doesn't. It doesn't. It should, Some of the no, best I albums. Say that. I wouldn't say that. How about it shouldn't? It should. It shouldn't take that long. Right. Because some of the take, best albums in history, or at least the history of rock and roll. For example, because I mean that's what I know. The Doors' first album was recorded in like a week. Right, Thick as a Brick was recorded in eight days. Yeah, eight fucking days. That was one song, but true. But it was it was it was it was uh, one song, but multiple parts. Yeah. But it was recorded almost entirely live in terms of length. You know, it was front to back. Yes. Um, several other albums. Uh, Black Sabbath's first album was recorded in seven days. Yeah. There, there's not. Yeah. I think maybe that's and that's the other thing. Maybe it's just gotten to the point where everything is so overproduced. Maybe, but I don't. You would think that with technology being what it is, there should be a, a flux of new music, just brand new stuff from just everywhere. Because there you, is, but I mean, more accessible. I mean. It's it. You're right. It's there, and it's more accessible with things like SoundCloud and things like that. It's definitely not going to be, be getting pushed by any kind of no, record company. no, because it's all it's going to be. It's going to have to be independently um, yeah. produced and re- and released. But you know what? Even like the independent label stuff I've, I've listened to the last couple of years, it's, it's kind, kind of, of declined. The, the same it. homogenized bullshit. But see, you have to think about it. Look at who. Look at who the influences of Eddie Vedder and. Kurt Cobain and Adam Duritz. Look at who their influences were. Okay. Okay. And they went on to influence others, but look at who these independent artists are being influenced by. If you got a, a kid or a group of kids who are, say, 18, 19, 20 right now, and they're self-producing their music, they're recording in their fucking basement or the garage or whatever, but on, on you know fairly uh, reliable equipment, and they're getting it out there, but like I said, they're say they're 20 at best, what do you think their influences are? Panic at the Disco. At, and that might even be saying Fun. more. Yeah. More than, you know. No, their their influences are fucking, yeah, it's garbage. They, they, that's what they're- Nickelback. 
Right. I, hope, I hope not. Well, right, but if you get a rock band that's in that age grade, age range, unless they're the the exception like a Greta Van Fleet who had like Led Zeppelin thrown at them. Yeah. These guys are yeah, Nickelback is fucking is the rock and roll to them. Yeah. And it's like, no. No, it's not. <laughs> But that's what they that's what they were rated. That's oh my god, this is this is what yeah. rock and roll is. And that's why I think I've I've Manny and I have tried to do Dude, you're killing me with the fucking with the I can't even hear it. I can, I, I can I hear can. it in my head because I'm chewing on it, but yeah, I can definitely hear it. I'm a cruncher, I'm sorry. But I, I did try to wait until it was really tiny before I crunched it. Yeah, Manny and, uh, Manny and I have tried to make a concerted effort to expose our children to the widest selection of music we possibly can. Right. Yeah, well, because you and you could both come at it from different, very different angles. Oh, of course. You know, she's gonna, wife, she's uh, going to bring the pop yeah. to it, and you're going to bring some of the more eclectic, um, unique stuff to it. Everything else. <laughs> well, right. I mean, there's still genres kinda, that I you're mean, not exposing them to. I'm sure, or subgenres, we'll say. I guess I, I would say the only thing I like, I really don't listen to. I don't listen to country music, right? Because I think country music, for the most part, even though I do like some country yeah. music, and I have a couple. I think I have three country records. The rest isn't really country though. Is it just like Chris Chris Stapleton's country? But I've got rock with a country twang though. And whatever, but it's still country music. And it's not even country rock. Country music for the most part is fucking trash, man. Yeah, I like old country, like bluegrass, almost borderline bluegrass country. But I don't. So I don't listen to country. I don't listen to bluegrass. I don't listen to. Blues, even though blues is good, I like to play. I'm more of a blues guy. You're I'm, a jazz guy. I, I, I love you're, jazz. Yeah, you're a jazz. Guy. I like jazz too. It's kind of like the reverse. I love blues. I like jazz. You yeah. like blues, but love jazz. Yeah. So, but I mean, outside of, I mean, I, 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 I listen to rap music. Yeah. I listen to rock, all sorts of different kinds of rock, uh, punk. You know, a lot, lots of different things. It yeah. just. And I try to expose my children to much as much of that as I possibly right. can. But ultimately, they're going to be more influenced by what their friends are listening to. True. And my daughter yeah. likes Panic at the Disco. Yes. And my oldest likes Fall Out Boy, which I like Fall Out Boy, too. Yeah, there's a couple songs music. I've heard that are all right. I, I, can't, I can't get into the Panic at the Disco. No. It's, but then you like Can I Chemical Romance. I can't really get into them either. I've tried a couple times. I just can't. The Black Parade's a fantastic And that's album. the album I go to. I just, yeah. it's not, it's not so, it's. It's not speaking to me. I don't gotcha. think. I'm not, it's not catching me. But that, that, I say the same thing about several Pink Floyd albums. Yeah, and kind of Pink Floyd in general. There's they have good songs and good records, and a lot of their songs do, but the vast majority of it not so much. So, in fact, I actually was listening to Piper yesterday. It's an interesting album. It is, uh, but it's one that when I was younger, I used to listen to it a lot. Yeah, but I don't. I, I and I'm listening to it now as you know. More of an adult, I guess. I was probably in my late teens, early twenties, when I would listen to it a bit more. Um, but that's you know half a lifetime ago for me, and I'm listening to it now. I'm thinking, this isn't. I don't know. It's not. I get it. It's. It does. I do get it. I get what they're doing, and I I see it, and I see it for what it is. But it's just not grabbing me anymore. No. You know, and, that's, really, and that's saying a lot for Piper, because like I said, that's other than The Wall, that's the album I would listen to the, a lot. Yeah. You know? There's a couple, like Interstellar Overdrive is a good song. Um, I mean, outside of that, Loose for Sam yeah, that is, is okay. That was good. Bike is 
weird, weird. but it's an interesting song. Uh, the, what's the first song on the album? Astro- that, Astronomy Domain. Yeah, that that's one, a great that's song. A, that's a good one. That that's one, one that that's one that they've always played in concert. Yeah, and that's yeah. one that I would say is probably the one that was a, even younger. That's listening to it yesterday. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, and, and, and it was catching me a little bit. But then as the album went on, it's just like, oh man, I just got to change it. Yeah, you know? I think Saucer Full of Secrets is probably a better album. I think you would like Saucer Full of Secrets better than. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go through because we're gonna Piper. do the Pink, we're gonna do the Pink Floyd al- uh, show. I'm gonna go it, through it, and I'm gonna listen to every album, only the studio albums. All, all, yeah, and even when I get to like the what is it? Um, what's the one that has, has like a live part to it? Amagama. Yeah, I'm not gonna listen to live stuff. I'm just gonna listen to this. You can probably skip over Omagama because no, I'm, I'm gonna give it a listen because very. I want this. The live side of it is a, is way better than the studio side of it. All right, but I mean, it's all like previously heard songs, though. It's not like live new songs. No. Okay. No, it's it's, so. it's like a live concert. Okay. And then right. the four songs on the studio side of it, they each one of them did their own song. Right. So I'll still weird. I'll still give it a listen, but it's only like I said, only the studio stuff. Because <laughs> ultimately, I there's like, and I've said this before, there's albums that I want to re re examine. Yeah, momentary last reason, division belt being the two main, <coughs> and I've never listened to anything off the final cut ever in my life. Well, the final cut's interesting. It's the final cut was actually the idea. I don't know. It, it's. The the whole premise behind the final cut is the Falklands War. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's that was it's got a much more political side to it, but okay. it doesn't really come off. Yeah. I think it's like they really wanted it. Well, to, well, yeah, we'll get into it. We'll talk. Our, we'll talk yeah. about all that next oh, month, right? But I mean, as I mean, it's just really just using that as an example, and you know, and there's even there's there's. Music that I liked when I was a kid that I just like that I can't really doesn't really speak to me anymore. Equally, there's song there's there's songs and artists that never grabbed me as a kid. That that now I listen to them like, what the fuck was wrong with me? What yeah. was I missing back yeah. then? And I don't want to <laughs> talk about it too much, but that's how I that's how I feel about Pink Floyd. Right? Because I was a fan. I mean, I, I liked him when I was younger. Nowhere near what what I like now, but. Because I think I understand it better. I understand what the, and I think I feel like a lot, a lot of that. With, uh, there's a lot of different music mm-hmm. like that. Where now I understand as a, as an adult what the, the I, I understand the message that they were trying to convey through their music. Right. And as a kid, it's just music. Right. Well, I think we, you and I, maybe were a little bit more serious about it, even as kids. Yeah. But, you know. There's only so much a, a even a young teenager can um, apply intellectually to stuff because we're we're learning we're yeah. we're still developing so we might be able to attach ourselves to the emotional aspect of music but we might not be able to truly appreciate the intellectual side of it yeah, and maybe vice versa as we get older too it's hard to say but um, we might overanalyze and over intellectualize some of the stuff i know i do i think i always have but i think my understanding of it's better now um so but what i was going to say too real quick was when you think about this what we're talking about here we're talking about a lot of stuff a lot of albums that were released and recorded 
no less than five or six years before we were, either one of us was born. Yeah. Music that our parents were, would have been listening to. And then and in some cases, even older. So we were exposed to, to music that was older than us. Take Billie Eilish, for example. Now, this is not a sin. People went ape shit when she said this, but and it's not a, it's not the ultimate sin. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But as for someone who claims to love music, as she does, not even being aware of the name Van Halen yeah. is a little disturbing. Because, well, who is your influence then? Yeah, Post Malone not knowing who Ozzy was. Right. Now, give him credit for making up for that, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know whose idea. I, th- I was under the impression it was Post Malone's idea yeah. to have Ozzy on the song. But you're right. Initially, he didn't know who Ozzy was. Um, so, that I mean, that worries me. When you say, when you and I say we love music, I know I'm slightly more narrow-minded than you, but at least I can I can I can apply that statement to a very broad range of artists, at least. Yeah, maybe not necessarily genres, but artists for sure. And you as well. I mean, even maybe even more so. When you hear someone who's who's like I said, who's in the business, who claims to be. Their life, claim, uh, whole life revolves around music, and that's what she said. She said her, her music is what's kept her alive, and you don't even aren't even aware of the name. Yes, that's that's an issue. That's an issue to yeah. me because that means you're not music is not your thing. You no. don't you know this much of music when there's you know a lot an more ocean of music. Yes. You know that's that uh, that I guess that's where it's going, and and it's something not far enough outside her genre that she should or at least the genre she's attempting to be in i I don't know if it really is but um i know so we've been known to dabble in conspiracy theories on this show yes and there's one that was kind of the other inspiration for the topic and it's an article from i don't know how i never saw this because it came out it was uh april of 2012 Okay. The title of the article is, or the title of the email that was sent out, the secret, or at least the article I pulled this from, because I guess I, yeah, that's true, because I'm pulling this from a website. So it's the title that they gave on the website, The Secret Meeting That Changed Rap Music and Destroyed a Generation. Okay. So basically what this guy said was back in the, he was a, a music executive in the late 80s, through the early to mid nineties, right. which would be the beginning to the height of rap and hip hop as a mainstream music form, rap specifically. Yeah. Okay, so so he's okay. So let me get to that. So he said in nineteen ninety one he was that he was pulled to a private residence in L A. with about thirty to forty other music executives. Movers and shakers in the industry, if you want to call them. I don't want to sound too much like a boomer there. Right. But, um, and he said during this meeting, there was a group of well-dressed people that walked in the room that weren't in the music industry. And what it was, were they, these were people from the private prison industry. At least that's kind of the way it's told right. in the story. He doesn't really, he doesn't. He he said he was so fearful for what the retaliation against him 
that even when he wrote this email about this meeting, he doesn't give any kind of names or, or any kind of information that be could, that, that you could use to figure out who anyone is in, the, in, in this. But story. arguably, it also makes it very difficult to corroborate the story. That's very true because there, even though the story is you know eight eight, almost old. eight years old, there's been no other stories like this right. that I've found. So anyway, this guy goes into detail about how he's pulled in this this residence in L.A. and everyone signs these non-disclosure agreements before anything's talked about. Before he knows anything about private prisons, private prisons was a relatively new, new thing. thing. It was in, just what, like early, early 90s, 90s yeah. yeah, in the early 90s. So what he says this meeting is, is about is these people come in, they're like, look, we need you to take this rap music. Because rap music in 1990, 19, early 1991 was still relatively a political movement. You had right. things like political po- or just fun. There were fun yeah, exactly there. like because, Run DMC, Fat Boys, that kind of thing. But political, you had like Public Enemy was right, out there. Okay. That was a big thing then. Yeah, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, which was yeah. the fun side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was either or. That's kind of what the the rap genre was. Um, but he, he said, "Look, so you've got these people that own your record company that are heavily invested in your record company, and this is also an opportunity for for you guys to invest in the." private prison industry uh-huh. he's like look the people that are running that are making the decisions are already invested what we want you guys to do is create tenants for our prisons right. because it and the part of the story that's not made up is the fact that private prisons require the state that they have the contract with to keep the prison at 90 percent capacity all the private prisons i know of and i've actually dealt with three private prisons in the South uh, where I know that this is a fact, at least with right. those. So I'm assuming it's a, across the board. Right. The where theoretically, criminal justice should be a, to reduce. Yes. So, all across the board. So, yeah, so just as a point of view. He, he's, and he said he didn't make it very far in this meeting before him and another gentleman started asking questions and were removed from the house by gunpoint. Yeah. So and he so he said, look, the, the so that's kind of where it all kind of nosedived. And he said the music industry, these music labels, started taking these artists out of Compton, out of South Central L.A., places where they knew there was high crime levels, and they started heavily promoting this more aggressive, more well, what would have eventually became gangster rap. Yes, yeah. yes. As Glor- glorifying a, the as gang lifestyle. As a way lifestyle. to glorify and influence other young, poor, African-American disenfranchised males. African-American males to sell drugs, to shoot, to do whatever you, you had to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny that you say that because if you think about this, what year was it that George Bush, president at the time, senior, came out against that, that hip-hop era? I mean, he came out strong against it. Somewhere around the same it, time. It was ninety. I think it was ninety one because he he was might have because he was up for reelection ninety two. Yeah, and it was in the middle of his presidency. So you know that would have been pushing the, you know, um, what was it body count and um, really N- would it, NWA, NWA yeah, uh, but NWA was out before that. They were and oh yeah, way before that actually because Easy Easy and all that. Um, well, yeah, I think he was already dead by then, wasn't he? No. Uh-uh. When did he die? Mm, it was early. It was early. Nineties. Early nineties. Okay. 
So, yeah, but, I mean, that makes sense. Because look at what came after that, though. I mean, with the exception N- of... NWA was 87 to 91. Okay, right. Um, with the exception of... I mean, there was there was gangster rap elements to it, but I think there was it was more... There was still kind of... More like, poetic. I'm talking like Tupac. I mean, that, that, oh, that, but I, I mean, yeah, I wasn't even saying with NWA. There was a, obviously a gangster element to it, right? But there was, there was also a, kind of a there was also a clowning kind of fun right, side to it, also. Right, because well, very sexual side to it. A lot of their yeah. overly sexual songs. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just because I, I mean, I don't know the rap uh, genre as well as you do. Very little at all, actually. I can only go by what. I remember being popular and how that how it was popular, but yeah, when did when did Tupac come out? Because Tupac uh, mid mid nineties mid nineties because he died ninety seven, right? Yeah, so it was probably, so it was early nineties, early nineties, ninety three, probably okay. somewhere around there. But and it, I was going to say, and I was even going to point out that he he had that gangster side to him, but it was also he would have, I think, been the exception. I think he would have been the one that kind of slipped through as a as a true poet or true artist. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Don't and he know. did kind of transcend some of the stuff transcend, he did. But, but, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily the fact that it's not like these this meeting, at least from this story, it's not like this meeting was going out and creating something. It was taking something that already existed. existed yeah. Something that wasn't, and, and something that wasn't palatable to mass audiences. Mm-hmm. It wasn't palatable to record companies. And they said, look, regardless of that, we want you to go out there and we want you to put your money behind it, push this out in the mainstream, play it more, play it on your radio stations, put it in your magazines, promote the hell out of it, make it popular, and let's see what happens. Right. Well, and that was the height of, of that of that genre. Ninety say ninety one to say the end of the decade, maybe. Yeah. Was there the was height that, of hip hop rap and that, gangster that rap all that. Ten year stuff. period, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's a, it's an interesting thing. It's, well, obvi- it's obviously a, a big a, a conspiracy well, it, because it, there's nothing really that's been verified. And- well, conspiracies can be. You could say something's a conspiracy with verif- with some verification. Um, you can say it if you have all the facts. It was a conspiracy on their part to well, do that. It's a conspiracy theory. Theory. Kind of, yeah. theory. That's the that's the yes. Well, and even that's kind of a misnomer. You want to say conspiracy hypothesis would be a better episode. whatever. But now uh, you're splitting hairs. Yeah, I am. But uh, there is, I guess, you a way you could start to analyze and evaluate these statements, though, because you'd have to look and see. Gang activity would have had to increase exponentially from, say, 1991, 92 to the end of the decade. Would have had to. Not, and I'm not talking about well, like even gang if it, violence. Even if I'm talking did, about size of gangs. If it number, did, of even gangs. if it did, it it, it doesn't call. No, it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't. But I said that's a good starting point because then you can look and see if if there was a return on that suggestion on that idea. But you can. I, I think it's you undi- can start it's to undeniable to uh, to. I mean, to you can see the influence not only not necessarily in. In inner cities, mm-hmm. but the influence that rap music in the '90s had on even white suburban neighborhoods, right? Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Well, I'm just I'm thinking because like the 
what what we know of as rap kind of started in the inner city though, didn't it? In New York, or was yeah. it New York kind of yeah. the birthplace of rap? Yeah. That I as I as far as it. I understand it. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you, that was back when New York was a, was rid, riddled with crime. So theoretically, if they hadn't pushed it, it probably still would have been the the music of the street. It's oh, have, it always has been, but right. would have had the influence that it had. Not a, definitely not on the white suburban kids, no. the way it did. But you know, I guess they don't really. You know, we we see we can see, and it is obvious that there is a racial element to our justice system. But if you're a private prison, you don't care if you're the, no. the, the button that gel in that cell is white or black. You don't. Yeah. So, and I'm sure, you know. But they do know that there is a there. If there's a far larger number of black butts than there are white butts. Yes. Absolutely. Well, a far larger number of black ones, Hispanic ones. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a number of them before they hit to the number yeah. of white ones. But anyway, yeah. that's uh, that's kind of. I, I thought that was interesting. Maybe that's a. <laughs> It, Gee, it is. You're, you're awfully uh, coffee over there. Yeah, I've got this weird sinus thing going on. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm been, my nose has been running. I'm not you're, sick. You're, you're making it really difficult to be able to edit this show. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Life, life. I got to make life a little difficult for no, you. I sometimes. guess you're, you're rotten, bastard. You know, sometimes I can't just be here to to annoy you. I have to annoy you. You know. When I'm not here, it's even, like even at three o'clock in the morning. Yes, I have to, to leave. Ed, I have to leave this damn show. I have to leave an annoying ghost around. How's that? I'm yeah. sorry, but you've you've had issues with in the past with your sinuses too. So, uh, but you really. have to edit your own shit. So I, I guess yeah. that's fair. I, um, I know how to like cough. <laughs> I know how to then, cough too. I then, cough when my body makes me cough, and then pause. So I can edit it out. And then I keep talking. Well, I'm not the one editing it, so I don't know See how it? to do that. I just cough and sniffle and sneeze and and say um and um and crunch um, and um, um, suck yeah. on my candies and my cough drops and stuff and yeah you know what you can always make me edit it I'll do it if you want me to but oh well, that's a I think that's a good way to kind of leave it I, yeah I guess the, it the, is it is fascinating, the conspiracy though. kind of side of it is. Uh, like I said, there's nothing that's been verified that they got right. a story, and the story's been out there for smoke eight years. There. I would say there's there's a you can you it can honestly sense. you can honestly say it, right you can honestly say there's a little bit of smoke there. Yeah. Whether or not there's fire, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, anyway, anything uh, anything else to add to it? No, other than uh, music fucking sucks these days. I, w- I wouldn't say music sucks. I would say mainstream music Pops, sucks. Well, pop music is garbage, I would for say, sure. I wouldn't even say pop music. I, like I said, I would l- kind of list it as mainstream. Because mm. there's a lot of really good music out there. You just got to find it. You got to look hard for it. You got to look hard for it. No, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, hell, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't even classify them as new, really, at this point. Because they've been around since 2006. But Rankin Turs, their new album just came out... F- Best album of 2019, in my opinion. Yeah, I got zero Grammy nominees. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, that's just my personal opinion. I I haven't listened to a lot yeah. of, you know, other stuff. But as far as albums that I bought and that came out in 2019, it was the best of the year for me. So, but uh, I was trying to look and see what. I wanted to look and see real quick before we end the show. Who the uh, rock nominees were? Do they even for... show the rock nominees on TV anymore, or is that like a like a off the air award? I think it's kind of like off the air now. Yeah, see that's let's see album of the and it's year. only thirty years ago that they even started introducing a rock category. I know best new artist. 
pop solo, pop duo, best traditional pop vocal. I don't even know what that means. Best pop vocal album, best dance recording, best dance slash electronic album. That's not even fucking music. Best contemporary instrumental album. Well, that's fair, but that's definitely not getting shown on TV. Best rock performance. I don't understand what that means. Is that best performance in a concert setting, or is that best performance no, on an album? Because it's all recording, right? It's all... Oh, no, this is, says for new vocal or instrumental solo, duo slash group, or collaborative rock recordings. Huh. Okay. I've never heard of anyone. Any one of those ones in that list? Bones UK. Ooh. Gary Clark Jr. No. Brittany Howard. No. Karen O. and Danger Mouse. I've heard of Danger Mouse. Well, Rival Sons. Oh, here's here you go. Best metal performance. Candle Candle Mass featuring Tony Iommi. I know what Tony Iommi is. And I know Candle Mass is. Death Angel, I Prevail, Kill Switch Engage, which I've heard of them, and Tool. Here's best rock song. Here you go. Um, I'm gonna say the most when, when you're done with that. I'm gonna say the most sexist thing ever. Actually, here's the, here's a couple of co- uh, rock albums, uh, rock categories. Best rock song, Fear Inoculum by Tool. Okay, that's good. I can dig that. G- give yourself. It a, is a good album. Yeah, give yourself a try by the 1975, which I've never listened to it. I'm okay. I have listened to some of their music. I don't know if it was from their newest album or not, because I heard of them. But um, right. Harmony Hall by Vampire Weekend. Never heard of them. Uh, they're like a Panic at the Disco type band. That I kind of figured from the title. Yeah. And then uh, History Repeats by Brittany Howard. I don't know who Brittany Howard is. That Bones UK group, it's a duo, I'm assuming. It's two chicks. I'm not really sold on chick artists. I mean, chick oh, singers. Oh, you know, I have seen. It's those two chicks. Those two, yeah. yeah I've, I've seen a picture of them. I'd have to, I mean, I'll, I'll, give, them a good, I'll give them a good listen just because I, I, I want to be fair about everything. But Here's uh, the category for best rock album. Okay. Wait, is this the... Yeah. Bring Me the Horizon by... That's the name of the artist. Band names suck these days, too. Cage the Elephant? What? Who comes up with this shit? I Prevail, Rival Sons, and then the Cranberries, obviously. I know who the Cranberries are. Right. What are they up for? I thought, wasn't Shirley <clears throat> Manson dead? In the end. I think it's the album that they just released. Um, Was it recorded before she died? It must have been. Best Alternative Music Album. Big Thief, never heard of you. Oh. James Blake, Bon Iver, Vampire Weekend, and Time York, which I know who Time York is. Yeah. For solo work or for Suspiria stuff? For solo work. Okay. I mean, Suspiria was solo too, but no. I thought he released a single or two off of that soundtrack. But anyway, that's your that's your rock categories. Yeah, not really. I don't know. I'm I Bon Iver. I'm. Bon Iver's been around for a few for several years, but I've never considered them. I don't even know who they are. Yeah. I've never listened to them, but um, I think I looked at a picture of them once, and I was like, "That's not rock." <laughs> but what do I know? I just don't want to come off as like an asshole when it comes to you know my judgments and stuff. Because to be fair, to be I will. completely honest, no, to be completely honest, I give far more credit and. Um, middle ground opinions on things on the show when it comes to music and stuff. 
whereas in my head I'm not really that middle ground on. Um, I'm just, very I'm very opinionated when it comes I am, to music. I am. Oh, you know I am too. Uh, but in a conversation that is going to be listened to or, or analyzed by other people, I want I want some fairness to be to to emanate out from that. Okay. So you know. <laughs> Okay. That being said, because <laughs> you know, Ian to be middle middle road, I will not be. How about that? Fair enough. It's like it's like the it, it's not it's, uh, it's role reversal from when we talk politics. Right. It's me being the middle road and you being the crazy guy. When it comes to music, I'm I guess I'm, I'm the not. Crazy guy. And and I'm well. Hey, believe me, I'm less middle ground on music than you are on politics. Probably. You're almost downright like complacent. In no, some of your political views. I wouldn't views. say that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I would. But that's a uh, conversation <laughs> for another day. I'm sure we'll have one eventually. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, any questions or comments, you can email us at contact at com. Check us out on Facebook and on, on Twitter and on YouTube and iTunes and all the other yeah. places. Follow us. Leave us a good five-star review. Six-star, six-star, six-star. And that's uh, about it, man. That's all I got. That's, that's it. Until next time. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Playing my role, let me tell you about it. This shit right here, man, I'm about about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you some cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for the fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub, hoping you get you some. This here like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Know this see the sign. That's some dollar sign. Know this sick as fuck. Know this sick as fuck. Tell get well soon. Tell get well soon. Know you sick as fuck. Get well soon. Oh shit. Watch out, you the god, Billy. Oh shit. Right now. Bottles. We must hit the party that hit when we start.